You are listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. To learn more about CRCC, including worship times, visit us at crcconline.com. But today, I want to kind of go to something I introduced last week. I told you guys I would share it today. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about May of 1992. Now, I'm going to wrap Pastor Sam out because, uh, honestly, because I love him and I know that he's a very loving and kinding person who's not going to beat me up, uh, unlike Haley. Uh, But it's one of those things that... You know, Pastor Sammy said, man, as soon as you said that, I started Googling and trying to figure out, like, what in the world happened in May of 1992? And I read about Arsenio Hall getting in a fight and some other things like that. And I'm like, no, no, no. What I'm talking about, and some of you already know where I'm going because you're the same age as me. In May of 1992 is when I graduated high school. How many people in the room graduated high school in May of 1992? Raise your hand. I knew who you were ahead of time. And so uh, I, I was thinking especially about the twins. I was like, yes. But here's what was going on in Mount Juliet. Now, you got to realize Mount Juliet, which is just east of Nashville, a whole lot different in 1992 compared to in 2021. In 1992, we had gotten, you know, like our second restaurant. We were fired up. We now had a Hardee's by the ballpark, and we got Sonic by the high school. And we were living large. We were kings of the hill. But in that process of things that were going on, along with a Cracker Barrel, obviously, but in that time, we had this little bit of a dispute going on. See, in the senior class, there was a major riff as we got close to graduation, and it was a riff based on what is the class song going to be for graduation. Now, if you've ever graduated high school, you know that's a really big deal. Like, you've got to figure that one out. And they had a song that the, the student council had kind of picked, but, but me and a lot of others didn't really like that song. And so we had another song that we wanted to be our class song. Well, our song ended up winning out. They redid it. They played it at graduation. I remember this because one of the guys stood up and did a little jig in the middle of graduation. And we played the awesome, amazing theological song from Green Day called It's the End of the World as You Know It. And it was what we ended But the older I've gotten, I've realized that the song that they originally picked, they were a lot more wise and a lot more meaningful, and it would have been a lot more sentimental if we would have stuck with the first song. Like in the moment, I was like, this is lame. This is jacked up. This is terrible. Now, at age 46, I look back and go, Green Day? Like, really? You know? But this other song, it really kind of sums up high school. The song that didn't win out, the song they originally had that we kind of boycotted and wanted to change, and there'll be people that watch this online or listen to the podcast that are some of my people from Mount Judith I went to school, and they'll remember this moment. But the original song was the theme from Cheers. Now, can I help some of you guys out that may not know what that is because, you know, you, you like have been born since 1990? It sums up this one particular part where it says, sometimes you want to go where everybody Knows your name. Yeah, y'all watch that trash too, don't you? (laughs) See, that was a test. No, I'm kidding. It was one of those things. It was a great show. It was one of these shows that was centered around a bar, and you had Norm, and you had all these different ones. And it was, was, I mean, it was just, I I still like it. Every time I hear that song, I think, you know, that's kind of where we're at, right? But here's what's cool. The older I get, the more I realize how much I like to be in a place where people simply know who I am. 
where people know my name. Not only do I want to be in a place where people know my name, but I want to be able to know their names. See, the word here, and we've talked a little bit about this because of what we're launching, I like to be in a place where there's community. Now, it's the end of the world as I know it. Well, that's kind of a cool song, kind of really grungy, and that's kind of great, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because if you read the lyrics, it's actually horrible. It doesn't really mean a whole lot. That was more of just a battle cry like it's the end of the world as we know it, and I'm okay. But the reality is, is as we got older, we started realizing that what made high school so great, what makes community so great, what makes life so great, is when you have a commonality where you can go somewhere where, you know, sometimes I just want to go where everybody knows my name. Here's the way we're wording it over the next few months. What do you want to be known for? And what are you actually known for? See, there's something extremely powerful in a name, isn't it? In fact, I read a book recently that, that had this this. It was hilarious. It's one of my favorite parts of this book. We're actually going to have some of these books available later today. Let the cat out of the bag. Not right now, but at a later date. But talking about the power of a name, there, there was this guru. He's kind of the, the guy that knows everything when it comes to branding, marketing, and all these different things. And there was a time that Burger King wanted to get into the chicken sandwich business. And so they flew this guy in. He comes into headquarters. Everybody's excited. Everybody's fired up. They bring in this main guru, branding, advertising agent. Like, this guy is the, the man. And he sits down with all these corporate people. And he says, hang on. Before we get started, can we go outside? And they said, sure. And they go down this huge elevator, go outside. He goes to the Burger King sign. He looks up at it. And he says, do me a favor. Out loud, as loud as you can, let's say the name. And they're like, Burger King. And he's like, yes. And he said, now let's say it one more time. They said, Burger King. He goes, yes. He said, I got one question. They said, what? He said, why are you dealing with chicken? Like your name is Burger King. But you want to be known for chicken. There's something about a name, right? Like it doesn't make any sense to try to say, hey, I want to be known for the chicken sandwich, and I'm going to be called Burger King. I go to Burger King if I want a burger. Question. What you want to be known for and what you're actually known for, what name do you want to be under? See, I think sometimes, and I don't want to get too deep too quickly because I want to dive into God's Word, but I think sometimes we are that illustration of Burger King. Like we want to be known for something, but unfortunately it's diametrically opposed to what our name is and what we actually are. Like we want to be for something, but the problem is is it's not who we are. It's not what God's intended us to be. It's not really in our makeup. That's the reason why we have this battle going on. Well, with that being said, there's a lot that's in God's Word that talks about names, that talks about recognition. You know, a name is usually meant for two main things. It's an aspect of recognition and belonging. You know, with your name, you get some sort of a recognition. With your name, you get some sort of belonging. Like when I say I'm Mickey, well, you just recognize that. Well, we know who Mickey is. That's Pastor Mickey. But if I say I'm Mickey Clark, now all of a sudden I'm belonging to something. There's a family that I'm with. There is somebody that I've identified with. But, you know, it's really these two words. I mentioned this in the devotion, if you saw it online or in social media. Really about this name is two V words that I really think we're going to be emphasizing as a part of this. What are you known for? What do you want to be known for? What are you actually known for? It's two V words. When you encounter people and when people encounter you, are you finding value 
and validation. See, the aspect of, of being valued and being validated is two major concepts to us as humans and what we're desiring. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of times we get into situations that we get into. We have actually find ourselves in the wrong situation, doing the wrong thing, but because in that circle of situation, in that community, because we feel valued or because they validate us, we all of a sudden gravitate to that and say, oh yeah, these are my people. When in reality, they're not really valuing or validating. What it is, is Scripture tells us in Proverbs, misery loves company. And if you're doing something that you're not supposed to do, the first thing you want to do is get other people to do it. Why? Because if other people are doing it, then that makes it normal. So therefore, I'm not abnormal. I'm not doing the wrong thing. If everybody's doing the wrong thing, then all of a sudden now we're all right. But the question is, how are we valuing and validating people? What's in a name? So here's what I wrote down. If you're taking notes, you can put this down. The first thing that I want you to know is if it's true that we kind of want to go somewhere where everybody knows our name, one of the first things that I want you to know when we talk about this aspect of for and understanding that God is for you, I want you to understand that throughout Scripture, God is for you. In fact, in Romans, it says, if God is for you, who can be against you? But not only is he for you, but I wrote these things down. You're not going to see them on screen, but he also knows you. In fact, if you go to Luke, Luke chapter 12, verse 7, it talks about how he has numbered every hair on your head. That's how well he knows you. Some of you, obviously, it's a very shallow relationship. For others, you're known very well. All right? But depending, he, he knows all of it. He knows everything about you. In fact, in Psalms, it talks about how he knew you and formed you in your mother's womb. He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Not only that, he talks about your name and how much he knows you and how much your name is important because it is your name that Jesus says in Revelation, he's going to write it in the Lamb Book of Life. And anybody whose name is found in this book will have eternal life. See, your name is a really big deal, even though you think, oh, it's just an earthly name that my parents kind of came up with, and I don't really know why. The reality is, is God knows you. And not only does he know you, he knows your name. In fact, where I want to study is John chapter 10, if you don't mind, let's dive in for just a second. And let's start in verse 3. John chapter 10, verse 3 says this. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I'm not going to set up this whole thing, but I'm wanting you to understand one of the most quoted scriptures that we hear a lot, you've heard it from the stage a lot, is John 10.10. 10. That's that scripture that says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and give you life more abundantly. And that scripture sounds great, but if we really figure out what's going on, we realize that he's telling the story of what it means to be a gatekeeper or be the person that's over the sheep. And he's talking about this relationship, this community that is formed because of what's taking place. And when he gets to John 10, 10 and talks about how the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he comes to give life and give life more abundantly, what he's doing is he's doing a compare and contrast on which community do you want to be a part of. Which person do you want to associate with? What way do you want to go? And he starts off by identifying what a true gatekeeper does. He says, to him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls on his sheep by name and leads them out. Can I get a little rabbit trail real quick? Anytime somebody's having a communication with you and they don't know your name, but they're trying to convince you to do something, that should be a red flag to you. Like when you get these random phone calls, I love these phone calls. If you don't know, I, I, I drive an old truck. Uh, I think I'm, I'm about 25,000 miles from flipping 400,000 miles on my truck. 
And these people call me and they say, Mr. Clark, your warranty is just about expired. Well, one day they caught me in one of my moments that I was kind of in one of these moods where I just was like, you know what, I got a little bit of time, let's have a little bit of fun. Before they even got the warranty part out, I said, I'll take it. And they said, excuse me, I said, I want the whole thing. I said, I want the bumper to bumper. I mean, I want the entire warranty. And this, oh, well, Mr. Clark, we've got to get some information. I said, you don't need any information. Just tell me where to send them. I'll, I'll pay you right now. i got a card. How much is it? Well, before we get into the price, I said, listen, I'm not worried about the price. I want the warranty. I want the whole thing. I want my truck to be covered. And she said, or he actually was a man. He goes, well, sir, the first thing I need to know is what is the make and model of your truck? And I said, well, you called me, so obviously you should know that. Surely you're not going to just call me and ask him for a warranty. And he says, well, no, it's just a, it's just a procedure. I have to, to put it down. I said, well, okay. I have a 2000 Chevy Silverado. And all of a sudden, the line was quiet. And I said, and if it helps you, right now I have 355,000 miles on it, because this was a while back. Next thing you know, there ain't nobody on the line. There was no option for me. I'm like, hello, my warranty. I want the bumper to bumper. I mean, I was looking, I was fixing to run this thing into a tree. I'm like, literally, I'm leaving here, putting on my seatbelt, putting on, why did you have a wreck with a helmet on? Because I knew it was coming, just coincidental. I was getting a new truck out of this deal. You know what the funny part about that story is, number one, that it happened, and I took the time to do that. That's kind of embarrassing. But the other part is, see, people that don't know you usually try to offer you something that's not even beneficial to you. People that don't know you, a lot of times are trying to offer you something that is really not beneficial to you. In fact, there usually is somebody that very much benefits from it, and it's them. See, if you want to understand this concept of being for something, what do you want to be known for? What are you actually known for? I will give you a hint as you're trying to, to kind of derive this answer. The things that you're wanting to be known for, I promise, you won't be the greatest benefactor. When you really seek and search and try to figure out what it is that God has in your life and what you want to be known for, I guarantee you at the end of the day, the greatest benefactor will not be you. That's what this is talking about. When he's defining the gatekeeper. But then listen to where he goes in the next step. This is so good. We're going to drop down to chapter 11, or verse 11, I'm sorry, verse 11. And this is Jesus talking, and he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not know his sheep, doesn't know their names, doesn't know anything about them, doesn't know his sheep. He sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches and scatters them. Can I give you a, I mean, I, this is important. You want to know who you're for? You want to know who's for you? When all hell breaks loose, who's still there? When all of a sudden things get a little bit dangerous, who's still there? When all things, when, when stuff gets tough, who's still there? I'm going to chase the rabbit. Yesterday was a, was a police officer appreciation day. You may tell you something, I know the police officers are for me. Why? Because when I get into a dangerous situation, they're running towards me, not away from me. 
Like when I've been in a car wreck and there may be gas leaking and something's going on, they're running towards it. When I look at our emergency respond people and something's on fire, they're running towards the danger. I think about one of our very own, Mr. Luke. We had a little bit of an incident. We had bought these fireworks that were defective. They shot outwards, not upwards. It had nothing to do with us. They were manufactured wrongly because when you put them on this certain situation to hold them, they fall off. And then literally chaos broke loose, but it was the greatest memory in Crossroads history. But what I love is there were two things going on. There were some people that had come that were volunteer firemen who did not know Crossroads, wasn't a part of Crossroads. They were just like, hey, we're here in case something goes bad. Well, guess what? Something went bad. Ironically enough, the people that weren't associated with us, this is not a, I'm not not dogging them. I'm just telling you a story. The people that weren't associated with us, when this thing tipped over and fireworks are shooting and skipping across the pond and, and everybody's screaming and running for their lives and... I'm going, well, it was a good run, you know. <laughs> These guys are elbows. I mean, they're, whoop, they run into the truck. Luke, one of our very own, is standing in front of it trying to pick it back up. You say, why? Well, Luke's a little bit off. <laughs> but the reality is, is see, that he had an attachment. He knew When this firework thing fell over, he knew the people these fireworks were going towards. He loved the people that these fireworks were going to shoot to. He said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I can. You say, Mickey, what's the point? If you want to know the people that are for you, when things get dangerous, they don't run. When things get tough, they don't take off. When all hell breaks loose, they're not anywhere to be found. They're right there beside you. See, that's one of the things that this is talking about when it's kind of giving you an idea. It says the hired hand, when the wolf comes, the hired hand's like, you don't pay me enough. You're crazy thinking I'm going to face that. But the person that actually knows the sheep, the owner of the sheep, the good shepherd, the gatekeeper, He says, not on my watch. I may lose my life before I allow them to lose theirs. If you're a a parent, male or female, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because it doesn't take but a little bump in the night and all of a sudden you're up and adrenaline's going. And even though there may be a little bit of fear in your heart, You know, it's on like Donkey Kong, and if somebody is in this house, or if something's happened, then like, you know, come hell or high water, you may get me, but you're not going to get my family. I mean, I'm so thankful to be married to Amy, because she is so brave. I'm like, go get them, baby. (laughs) She runs out there, ninjetty. Go check the door. Honey, I'm asleep. (laughs) I'm joking. But I want you to think about that. Yeah, we laugh about that, and we say, oh, yeah, that's a kind of a cool story. And it's a real story. That really ha- we got pictures that we don't ever post because we don't anybody know about the fireworks show. Uh, with Luke standing right there with everything inflamed, and he's picking up a box. While firemen were running to their truck. But I can't get a bigger picture of, of you as a church. See, here, here's what I want you to catch today. And then we're going to dive back into God's Word. 
I believe what God's trying to formulate in Crossroads Community Church is he's trying to, to get you with a group of people that you can build community with because when all hell breaks loose, they're going to stand in front of the fireworks. Like they're wanting to have a relationship with you that as you move forward, when things get tough, you don't have to feel like you're by yourself. I'm not talking about a phone call like, hey, how's everything going? Going good. Okay, I'll be praying for you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when things got tough, they actually show up. They show up at the funeral home with meals. They show up at your house and drop food and ring the doorbell and say, okay, I know you got COVID. We're dropping it off. We're leaving. You come. Like they're going to take care of you. When you're emotionally distraught because of some things that have happened in your, in your life or in your house or in your home or in a relationship, they're going to be there with you. They're going to help provide for you. They're going to do some things for you. Like you guys need to know, a part of the percentage of the things that you guys do when you give to God and you allow us to take what you've given to God and leverage those resources for each other in our community. Like a part of that is that sometimes we have to spend money on things that aren't budgeted. Like putting people in a hotel because they have nowhere to stay and they're sleeping in a car. Like buying gift cards to Walmart because people need food and they don't have food. Like paying electric bills because sometimes things get sideways and you just need to help getting caught up. Or, or maybe you're trying to do something with a business. Like you need to know that when we say we're for you, we're not talking about like, well, that's just a great little slogan, isn't it? We're for you. No, we want you to know we're actually standing in front of fireworks, putting them up for you. But the crazy part is how hard it is to get to know somebody's name if they're not there. You know, I learned in my life that when I found people that were really for me, I did a lot of different things to try to build relationships with them because I knew they wanted them in my life. I'm not talking about attending church. What I am talking about is opening yourself up to some amazing people and allowing people to build a relationship with you. See, that's what this scripture talks about. Can I keep going? We talked about what, what the person that's a hired hand does. But listen to verse 13. He flees. He is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Listen to verse 14 now. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. See, I want you to know not only is your name a powerful thing because of everything it says in Scripture as far as the way God knows you and how he's going to write your name if you'll have a relationship with him in the Lamb's Book of Life. But I want you to know that who you are is something extremely important because there's other people that want to know you just as much. I think in 2021, one of the greatest things that's going to take place is that you're going to have some relationships at the end of this year with people that you don't even know right now. But yet you sit in the same room every Sunday. You're sitting on the same side of the screen every Sunday. You're listening to the same podcast every Sunday. Like, I want you to know that God's great plan for his church was not to be a gathering place just to listen to God's word. It wasn't just to be a gathering place to have amazing worship and to worship through music. It wasn't to be a gathering place to try to be like, oh, this is so great. I have somewhere to go. I kind of, it lets me, now I can go watch the Titans win today because I don't feel guilty that I missed church. So now I know God's going to be for the Titans or whatever your stigma is with whatever you've got going on. The reality is, listen to me. Some of you, listen, I, I don't mean this, I want to try to help you get some freedom. Some of you believe that if you will attend church regularly and you will be a faithful giver, then God's going to bless you. 
That's nowhere in God's word. But what God does say is that if you'll, you'll let me be for you, that who can be against you? And if you'll let me know you and you know me, I'm going to bless you. So I want to ask you a simple question. What would it look like if we upped the game about what we are known for? What would it look like if as we move forward we start figuring out, you know what? Rather than trying to build relationships with every single person, which is always good, God calls us to love everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But what would it look like if we found, just like Jesus, this inner circle, this community that we say, you know what? I'm going to open myself up and become more vulnerable in getting to know the people that I know are for me. Like, what do I want to be known for? And what am I actually known for? Can I answer it a, a different way? Sometimes I feel very inadequate as a pastor of a church because I feel like I have a responsibility to know each and every one of you. Luckily, God's given me freedom where I realize, you know what? If, if that gate doesn't swing both ways, you can't know somebody that you never see. You can't know somebody that you never talk to. You can't know somebody that you don't ever engage with. You say, well, Mickey, is that your excuse? No, that's not my excuse. That's my challenge. Like, I will tell you, my staff, our staff, Crossroads staff will tell you, there's never been a time somebody called me and said, hey, Pastor Mickey, can we meet? That I said, no. There's never been a time that I didn't desire to build a relationship with somebody. But here's the bigger picture. What if that just wasn't an expectation of the pastor? What if that was an expectation of everybody in this church? But you say, Mickey, is that really what this is about? Like, you're, you're telling me that, like, is it really important to, to, like, go to the next level with knowing people and loving people? And No, it's not. Not if you're not for this. But if you're for this, it's very important. See, I, I'm kind of laying a gauntlet very lovingly and very kindly. Don't tell me you're for your church, but then tell me you're too busy to get with your church. You say, oh, Mickey, here we go. You're going to start occupying my time. Have you looked at our schedule? We have one service every week on Sundays at 10 o'clock. What else do you got? That's it. We are not going to manipulate your schedule. What we want to do is watch you build community. What would it look like if we said, you know what, I, I just want to be known for blank. It's I'll help you. I, I have, we have a gift for you today. A gift for everybody. You say, how much is this going to cost me? 10% of your income. No, I'm kidding. Not really, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, the reality is you've already paid for these. But we talked about this last week. We want you to be for Cleveland. You say, Mickey, I'm not wearing a blue shirt with white that says for Cleveland. I'm a Bradley guy. Okay, slacker. I got a black and white one. Well, I go somewhere else. I got a white and a black one. 
But I think it's time for us to let people know that, you know what? Here's one of the things we want to be known for. We want to be known for our community. But it's just our way of saying we're for you. They don't cost you anything. Honestly, it's the generosity of our people that have already paid for these shirts. And we just want you to have it. Just as we jump into the middle of 21 days of prayer and keep going with it, we want you to know that we are for you. But here's the key. We're for you because we know that you are for bigger things than just yourself. Because there's a lot of people out there that sometimes they just want to go somewhere where everybody knows their name. If you were encouraged by today's podcast and would like to experience other talks, visit us at crcconline.com.